Hello, friends. Thank you for joining me for this podcast. I am Rick Thomas, and you're listening to Your Daily Drive. This is the podcast where I put our article content on our website, rickthomas.net, into an audio format so that you can read the content if you want to, or you can listen to the article in this podcast as you are doing right now. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please share it and the article with your friends. The title of this podcast and the accompanying article on the web website is Great Advice, Date Your Wife Forever. It is the Valentine's season, and I am about 24 hours away from heading to Alaska, to the great Northwest, our largest state. I have some friends up there, and they have asked me to come to do a marriage retreat for them. This is our second trip to Alaska. I did a biblical counseling conference two years ago, and I'm looking forward to seeing them in a day or so. And so I'm doing this article for them, but you can listen in because we all want to learn how to date again and to date well and to keep the fire going in our marriages. And so I hope that this is a benefit for you. For those of you in Alaska, this is a test. And so we'll be talking about this when I get up there. So make sure that you read the article and listen to the podcast you want to pass the test, and you want to benefit from this conference. And so I've already sent you some pre-conference material that you should have read or you should be about completed as far as your reading assignment is concerned. Now I have one more project for you. Listen to this podcast or read the article on the website or for double bonus and extra treasure in heaven, you can do both. And so let's talk about dating, and it is the Valentine's season. You probably won't find a guy at the local Barnes & Noble looking for a book on how to get a girl. Why is that, Rick? Because it's not necessary. All guys know what they need to do to get a girl. Getting a girl is part of every guy's internal wiring our kind and great and fabulous Lord, he knew our limitations. So he preempted our problem by giving us a get-a-girl upgrade when he made Adam and we all came from Adam. And all the guys said, praise God. Even the thickest-headed guy will eventually win a girl. It just ain't that hard. Our problem, if anything, is overcoming the fear of rejection. Perchance, she turns a cold shoulder to our advances. Now, being rejected can be a showstopper. I admit that, especially for the timid, for the insecure, biblically for those who struggle with fear of man. But that is another conversation for another day. And if you do struggle with rejection, then I have a link here in this article. Again, the title, Great Advice, Date Your Wife Forever. And you can click on that link and you can read a little bit about fear of men and it may, it may help you. But I don't want to talk about the fear of rejection now. I just want to talk about how to get a girl. And you know this, but just in case there is a guy out there somewhere 
who does not know how to get a girl, I'm going to give you the secret handshake. The thing we all know. That's something that has endured since the days of Adam and Eve. Are you ready for the secret? Here it is. In two words, be nice. That's it. If you want a girl to like you, be kind to her. It is a fantastic strategy that works. You can break down even the hardest to get girl by being a nice guy. Be nice. There is a reason it is only two syllables. Let me refer you back to my earlier comments about guys having limitations. God is omniscient, right? He knows our frame that we are from the dirt. In fact, he formed us. Genesis 2, 7, the Lord God formed the man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living creature, a living soul. He also said in Psalm, that's Genesis 2, 7, in Psalm 103, 14, he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. The word Adam means red man, man of the earth. We are dirt clods by nature, and that is why God keeps it simple for his creation. Why would a good God make something as important as getting a girl complicated, especially if we guys tend to be dense about certain things like, well, girl getting? It would be unkind of the Lord to hyper-engineer male and female relationships. Because of mercy, he has kept it simple. In that sense, even the gospel is not rocket science. I want you to listen to the following verse about God's plan to redeem us. Notice how all the words in the English translation, the verse is Luke 19.10. All the words are monosyllabic. Here it is. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. How kind of the Lord. He not only made salvation as simple as believing, but he also communicated redemption to us in ways that we can understand and apply to our lives. Mercifully, you and I do not have to pay for our sins. We don't have to work through the intricacies of a man-centered, penance-paying plan. All we have to do is look and live. I'm talking about Numbers 21. You remember the fiery serpents and the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent, set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten when he sees it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent built anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live, look and live. Of course, John talked about this in John 3 when he talked about this story. He said, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the, the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. The big things in life, like salvation, dating, and marriage, are not complicated. That is a mercy from the Lord. It's when our sin interferes with God's good purposes that the relational waters of our lives become murky and unpalatable. 
The key to getting the girl is niceness. Pretty simple. Guys know this. And if they are smart, this is what they will do from the day they meet the girl until death separates them. Strangely, sadly, though they intuitively perceive this, it is common for a guy to forget this simple advice once the dating season is over and the marriage knot is tied. Guys can be more about the acquisition of a girl than sustaining the relationship with a girl. I'm like this too. The luster can quickly wear off the relationship and presumption begins to rule the heart. In time, we, we stop honoring her by being kind to her. You remember what Peter said in, in 3.7, Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. I have spent a good portion of my adult life counseling husbands who have forgotten that what they did to get the girl is the thing they must do to keep the girl. They are five, ten, or more years into their marriage, and They are nothing like they were when they first met their future wives. They have presumed on God, and they have presumed on their spouses. The word presumption means merely to take one for granted. That is a sin the Lord equates to iniquity. Think about that. The Lord equates taking someone for granted to iniquity and idolatry. Have you fallen prey to the iniquitous idolatry by presuming on your spouse? This is for Samuel 15, 23. Listen, for rebellion is as the sin of divination and presumptuous, a presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. In Psalm 19, 23, David got a hold of this when he said, he's talking to God, he's praying, keep back your servant also, from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me, David says. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Many of these husbands have become harsh, angry, critical, discouraging, and demanding of their wives. They presume on the marriage relationship, thinking they can act any way toward their wives without any blowback from their wives. Now, I am not justifying any kind of sinful blowback from the wife. And I probably should say at this point, because I know my audience, and I know that many people, it's hard for them to read an article and stay on task. It's, It's an easy temptation for them to listen to a podcast like this or to read my articles and began to map their personal experience over it hijack the article and take it in a place that the article is not dealing with. I'm dealing with one issue. I'm running down one rail in this article. But I know that, that people will take it to other places. Well, what, what about? What about? Well, there, I have a lot of resources for all the whatabouts, but I'm dealing with one thing. And I know that there are situations where wives do blow back on their wives, because uh, on their husbands, because their husbands haven't been all that they should be, but I'm not dealing with that 
here, and as I said, I'm certainly not justifying a sinful reaction from any wife. But if you want to talk about that, you can come to our community and you can jump on our forums, and we would be glad to give you advice in that direction. We'll be glad to give you resources to help you with that problem. But in many of these marriages where the wife is blowing back because the husband has presumed on the relationship, the wife has been left behind in the relationship, and the husband is preoccupied, has preoccupied himself with other acquisitions. The husband's new wife, I put that in quotation marks, becomes his work, or it could become his ministry, or whatever his latest passion is. Though there was a time when his wife was just under the Lord in the rankings, she has fallen three, four, or five spots to her husband's things I appreciate the most poll. These inconsiderate husbands are doing things now that they would never have dreamed of doing when they were dating or after they were first married. Apart from the Lord, a man's wife is his most cherished treasure, even more cherished than his life. Paul said in Ephesians 5, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. The husband has an opportunity and a privilege to put on display the most profound picture of Jesus Christ and his church. Can you imagine a guy dating a girl and cursing her or being belligerent, critical, harsh, demanding, and mean to her? That kind of dating relationship would never last, or let me say it it should not continue. And dating girl... If your boyfriend is like that, step away, run, flee. And by the way, guy, if you have a wife, a girlfriend like this, stop. Don't go any further. You don't want the heartache. But sensible guys know this, which is why they don't act like that while they are dating. It's after they get the girl and move into the marriage phase of the relationship that they succumb to dating amnesia. It's like they forget everything they knew about how to maintain a healthy and God-honoring relationship with a woman. In a word, they become unkind. There are three things a husband needs to do when the marriage ends up this far from where it began, when it goes from being nice to being unnice. The first thing is repentance. The husband needs to repent. He needs to change. Now, again, I want you to stay on point here. This is for the husband. This article is for the husband. Now, it could be that a wife could read this and make so much application to her life and and praise God God if you're that humble and you can read this and, and make that kind of application to your life. If you are, go for it. But this is for the guy. Repentance is a biblical response. It's a mercy from the Lord because the cure for restoring a marriage is it's not complicated. God is so good to us. Think about the lack of complicatedness in some of the more significant problems in life. To get the girl, be nice. To be saved, look and live. To restore your marriage, repent. 
Christians can do what no other people group in the world can do. We can be forever changed from the inside out. While the world is scrambling for clues and crumbs on how to be whole, we have the secret knowledge. Repentance is as near as a humble confession and acknowledgement of doing wrong and making a plan for change. And when this happens, the Lord will be quick to provide empowering grace to help you do what is humanly impossible to do without him. Because that's what James 4, 6 says. God gives empowering favor to the humble, but he opposes the proud. Now, perchance you are unsure of what repentance means or how to fully practice it. If that is true, then I appeal to you to watch my one-hour webinar called The Doctrine of Repentance on our membership site. If you are not a supporting member, then I have a 10-minute version of it embedded in this article. So don't become a member. That's fine. Just watch this 10-minute version of that webinar embedded in this article called Dating Advice or uh, Great Advice, Date Your Wife Forever. Your marriage is worth 10 minutes of your time. And in this short webinar, but in the the fuller webinar, the one-hour webinar, I walk through the steps to complete and lasting change, the doctrine of change, the doctrine of repentance. And so thing one to restore your marriage is repentance. Number two of three is assistance. Don't ever think you are smart enough or strong enough to maintain a vibrant marriage alone. You cannot do this. I cannot do this. You must seek competent help from a compassionate community of friends. I'm not talking about counseling. Counseling is a temporary band-aid approach to a long-term need. The long-term need is it's the juxtaposition of the doctrine of total depravity and progressive sanctification, meaning that we will never be perfect in this life. Counseling is a short-term, temporary band-aid approach. But the problem that you and I have, we are broken completely, and we will never be fully restored until we receive glorified bodies. And unless you're going to be in counseling all of your life, but that's what I'm suggesting, I'm talking about a stable, biblical discipleship community that is willing to speak ongoing truth with unmerited love into your life. I'm talking about a local church. A solid, biblical, local church is God's gift to his children. Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus. He also wrote to the churches of Galatia. He wrote to local assemblies, urging them to take care of each other. If your marriage is in trouble, your immediate response should be one, repentance. Your next reaction should be to seek help from within your local church to bring you the ongoing care that you and your spouse need. My appeal here cannot be stronger. Do not try to repair your marriage alone. Seek help. Let the body of Christ be the body of Christ to you. 
Now, I know that when I talk about the local church, that one of the most common complaints that we receive in our membership community is I don't have a strong local church that will speak into our lives. They don't know how or they're not interested or whatever the issue may be. And these people are genuinely seeking but they cannot find. And if you live in a place where the church is not accessible or the church is not robust, you can become a part of our community. Our memberships are $5 a month, which most people can afford. And we made them that way because most people can afford them. And that is a way to underwrite the ministry because we spend hundreds of hours every week serving our community with, a, with privilege and joy. And, but we need people to help us to underwrite because we can't work two jobs. And so we made our memberships as low as possible, $5 a month. And we have a large team of friends who would be willing, who would love nothing more than to come alongside you to serve you. So if you have internet to the uh, if you have internet to the access, or if you have access to the internet, which you do if you're listening to this podcast, then you can become a supporting member, and the church dilemma can be resolved at least for this season because we can give you community. Number one, repent. Number two, assistance. Do not do this alone. Number three, maintenance. After you begin the repentance process and start working through the competent accountability structures in your life, whether it's this community or your local church, think through the practical things you did when you first won your wife's affections. You know what those things were. You've done this before. You can do it again. It's not a can't problem. It's a won't problem, if it's a problem at all. And you'll have to decide if you're going to humble yourself before God and your wife to serve her by putting the honey back in the honeymoon. Go back to the giddy time in your relationship. Do you remember those carefree and silly days when it was just you and her? Those days do not have to remain in your past. Lucia, my wife, and I are friends. And we still enjoy giddy, silly carefree, fun times in our relationship. By the grace of God, we are buddies. Nothing comes between us, including our children, our work, or our church, by the grace of God. But it was not always this way. We lost focus. The moorings of a stable marriage broke loose, and we drifted from the God-centered practicalities of our covenant. We needed a serious realignment. Now, you can read about that in my article. I have it linked here. It's called The Reason We Blew Up Our Marriage. We decided to blow up our marriage. We needed a serious redo, which meant a serious reconstruction, and so we did. And again, I'll not get into that here. That's another article for another day, but the article is already written, and you can read all about it. The reason we blew up our marriage. The Lord did for us what we would not do for ourselves. He changed us. And we fell in love with each other all over again. Though the pace of our lives is at an all-time high due to the growing demands of this ministry, it does not disrupt our marriage priorities by the grace of God. We have to fight to maintain Today, what we began when we were first married. 
Our goal is to behave like newlyweds until the Lord sends death to separate us. That means we must continue to grab, touch, hold, hug, feel, kiss each other as we did in the early days. But with a twist. In the beginning, we were young, somewhat silly, naive, and enjoyed intimacy because that is what young people do. Today, our love is breathtakingly more mature. It's maturity between two people who have seen the devastating effects of selfishness and who have asked and received marital redemption from the Lord by doing the things contained in this podcast. I am serious with you. If you will beg God to make these things real in your marriage. Now, perhaps you'll have to do this alone for a while because your spouse is not where you are in the starting blocks. In fact, it is exceptional for two people to be ready at the same time to move down this restorative plan. And you may have to do it alone. But this article, gentlemen, is for you. And if your marriage is tanking, do not think another woman will solve your problems. All another woman will do is give you another 10 or 15 years to get back to the same place you are today. Don't think porn is the answer either. All porn will do is lead you down a path of dissatisfaction to where nobody and nothing will be able to make you happy. The problem is not the woman God gave you or another woman, and the problem is not those in cyberspace. Fortunately, the problem is closer to you and more within your control. The problem is in your heart. If you will humbly confess your sin to God and and your wife, get the help you need from your local church, go back to dating your wife, there is a strong chance you can have an incredible marriage. Now, I realize some wives can be too hurt, too unforgiving, too stubborn, and too mean to make the changes that I'm asking you to make. This obstacle does happen, and it will make things immeasurably hard for you, and I know it will. But my appeal is for you not to shortchange the grace of God by not trying to follow him through the deep waters of an unsatisfactory marriage. If not trusting him by doing your own thing led to a mediocre marriage, the best answer you have is to make up your mind to follow him now, regardless of the cost or time involved. And you want to do this without placing demands on your wife changing. You're doing this for the glory of God. And so, gentlemen, will you start dating your wife? In this article, there is this podcast that you have just listened to. There is the article, The Day We Blew Up Our Marriage, that you can read. There is a 10-minute video that walks you through the steps of repentance. If you are a member of our site, you can watch the entire one-hour webinar on our website, rickthomas.net. There are two other articles embedded here as well. There's a link here where you can jump on our forums and you can ask us questions. Let us serve you. 
I know that this article and this podcast goes down one rail. I'm also well aware that there are many complicating factors and angles that's involved when someone hears a podcast like this because it won't fit everybody perfectly. And so let us serve you. I'm begging you. I'm pleading uh, with you. I'm appealing to you to allow us to serve you. It is what we do. It's what I want to do for you. And we can walk through the uniqueness of your situation. We will help you. We will give you advice. We can't grant repentance. God does that. We can't make your spouse change or make you change, but we will persevere with you as long as you will persevere with us and we will try to help. And so come to our website and ask your questions and let us serve you. If you are discipling somebody that's in a troubled marriage, and you should be, if you're you're part of the body of Christ, assuming that you have been regenerated, therefore you have friends, and if you have friends, all of your marriages are not perfect, And so you should be intrusive enough, loving enough to be in somebody's life. And so you know marriages that are in trouble. Perhaps you can share this podcast with them. Perhaps you can give these other articles, lead them to our website. If we can give you advice as a discipler, that would be our privilege as well. This is a big deal. Relationships are difficult. They fall in ditches from time to time. No matter how good, how strong you think they may be, uh, we get in trouble and we need each other. So I'm reaching out to you and I'm asking you, let us serve you and it would be our joy. Thank you for listening. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.